Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaletti, and today I have my first international guest. Oh man, I'm pumped. We have international recording artist Gurley is here. Individuality is at the heart of Gurley's music. At just 22 years old, the multifaceted artist has spent the last four years developing her own unique and outspoken approach to pop music to create a sound and a dedicated fan base that is entirely hers. Her debut album, Odd One Out, came out April of 2019, and it's a nine-track ode to being the different one. And her next project, after a year and a half hiatus from releasing original music, is going to be bigger and punker than ever. I love saying punker. That was really fun. Punker (laughs) than ever. Girly, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. International guest. This is exciting. She's coming like right outside London. Is that where you are? In the middle of London, coming from central, London. central London, right to you. I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about different ways we say different words in the U.S. versus London, and it's fun. And I hope you say a few of those in the next few minutes. So, we'll I see. absolutely will. <laughs> <laughs> so give us, like, give us your background. And it's funny because background, you're 22 years old, so uh, it hasn't <laughs> been that long. But give us how... Was music a big part of your life for your whole life or how did you get into this scene? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a, a, a creative family. So my parents are actors and hmm. a lot of my relatives were kind of involved in performing or writing in some way. Um, I have an uncle who's a script writer. And so there was always kind of that kind of influence and performing was always quite normal. When I was a kid, I'd you know, instead of getting a babysitter, my mum would take me to the theatre with her and stuff. So like I was, you know, performing wasn't really an alien concept to me. So I wanted to be an actor for a while, just because that's what your parents do. So you want to do it too. And then (laughs) I got into music. I mean, my dad was a big music fan. And he listened to, he kind of introduced me to a lot of albums that I think shaped who I am today. He was a big Arctic Monkeys fan and a Lily Allen fan and he loved Amy Winehouse he was kind of really up to speed on what was fresh at that time and he used to play it in the car and stuff but I think I I started getting into music as as me not my parents influence when I was about 14 15 and I started going to see bands play I was a really big Arctic Monkeys fan I was really into Tegan and Sarah they were a big band um I loved indie bands. I had this whole big indie phase and then played, started playing guitar. So music kind of happened as, as an escape for me um, because I was at school and I hated school and that was a really unpleasant experience as it is for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I was bullied and I, I really didn't enjoy the environment. I didn't like that I had to wear a uniform and I had to abide by rules. I was like, I want to make my own rules. 
So, <laughs> I, you, you know, wear, you don't have to wear a uniform for most places here. I didn't know that in London, you have to wear a uniform. You have to wear a uniform for most schools in the UK. Yeah. And so you have to wear these stupid blazers and <laughs> have your tie up to a certain point and, ah. uh, you know, your skirt has to be a certain length and blah, blah, blah. So annoying. Um, <laughs> And so for me, I was like, well, what's the ultimate rebellion? I'll start a band. And so I started my first band when I was 14, 15, and it was terrible. I couldn't, <laughs> like, couldn't play my instrument at all. Um, but it was really fun because it was my first taste of independence creatively, you know, playing my own shows. And even though they were shows to like two people, literally, um, it was really fun. And then from that, my bandmates were I, like, I'm a very particular person. Like I, I know what I want and I'll, I'll get it. And I have a really creative, clear, creative vision. And I don't think my band were really <laughs> into that. I think also I wanted to rehearse like four times a week and they were like, you're nuts. Um, we're going to leave. So, so then I had to just do it on my own, which worked out because I'm a control freak anyway. And then that's how Girly came to be when I was about 17, I think is the first time I started actually calling myself Girly. So I, I'm curious, wh why Girly? What, what does that mean? And I love how you said that music is like an escape because we'll get to the meaning behind all your music, which is incredible. This woman is an unbelievable storyteller. Um, but why, why Girly? Yeah, I think Girly to me, I was trying to find a name that, represented a kind of female icon I guess or a I don't know what's the word like a matriarch or something you know yeah um, you know something where people would be like oh like that's a that's a strong kind of feminine word but at the same time I wanted to play with the idea of well what what do we mean when we say feminine and you know what do we mean when we when you hear the word girly you think and also when you see the color pink like you know it's why I decided to have my hair pink you you have this immediate um preconception of what that's going to be so you think oh it's going to be you know really ditzy or really cute or really quiet and you know whatever and I kind of wanted to turn that on its head and make music that was loud and honest and kind of punk and kind of messy and you know kind of go against what girly or pink means to people. Um, and I was also really inspired by Debbie Harry from Blondie because mm. I was reading up on why they called themselves Blondie and she said she used to get harassed or, or catcalled and people would say, hey, Blondie, because she had blonde hair. And I liked that she took that word that I guess was used to degrade her in a certain way and made it this powerful thing okay yeah, i am blondie you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be this this person and i'm gonna exceed your expectations kind of thing i love that flip it on its head and turn it around to be a positive that that makes so yeah. much sense Brilliant. so you you're you're talking about girly and starting basically you created this girly image at the age of 17 how was it it sounds like you have and you still have a lot of support from family friends etc how about just because this has been a hot topic um not caring about others opinions and if there were people chirping behind your back how do you not worry about that and continue to be you no matter what oh yeah i mean there's always going to be people 
people who don't like what you're doing or people who are talking about you behind your back. I mean, I think I, I'm, it's funny cause I'm, I have this weird duality with my personality. I'm really headstrong and confident and don't care what people think. And then on the same, at the same time, I'm really sensitive as a person and I'm really emotional and I have really emotional reactions to things. So I think over the years I've just kind of gotten a thicker skin and you know when I started doing girly I definitely had a lot of people who because my first songs were super in your face and super brash and you know kind of like marmite like you either love it or hate it and I still think sometimes you know my whole look and the way I go about my life and my my artist project a lot of the time it is either people love or hate it and you kind of just get to a point where you're like, well, what matters at the end of the day is do I love it? And do I love what I'm doing? And do I love myself? And um, if people have an issue with you and they haven't even met you, especially like online trolls and that kind of thing, then it's just like, well, (laughs) there's just no point in even fretting about it because the person that they're judging or whatever isn't even you. They don't even know you. They have this image or idea of you and, yeah, I mean, I think increasingly, especially during lockdown and now people who weren't online before are online because it was the only way people could connect with the world in that kind of four or five months that we were all locked down. There's a lot of people with a lot of opinions on the internet <laughs> and you kind of have to just be like, well, you can have your opinions. I'm not going to let it filter through into my actual life. Good for you. I love that. I think I wish at 22, I had that mindset. I have a feeling I would have been had a lot more wisdom than I had when I was 22. So thanks for sharing that. And as we talked about in your bio, you spent four years developing your style and your fan base. Can you give us a little bit uh, look inside of what those four years look like? What did you have to do? Did you enjoy that? Was it challenging? How was that four year period of time? It's honestly, it was very up and down. I mean, my story now is, you know, in the last year is that I was with a label um, and I got dropped by that label last year, which in music is a really, no, it's weird. People don't really talk about it. It's quite taboo. You know, if you've been dropped by a record label, you keep it harsh because it's, you know, it's like a failure or something. And actually for me, it was really empowering to be really open about that and say yeah you know what like I got dropped by this label who didn't understand me and didn't respect me as an artist and weren't right for me and then I built myself up again kind of from the bottom up and you know left behind that chapter of my life Um, but for the first four years I was with that label and I think you know I was signed when I was just turned 18 so I had no idea what was up and what was down to be honest (laughs) I mean I still don't I mean you never really fully know who you are you know you're always learning more about yourself every year but especially when you're 18 you definitely have no idea who you are and I think I was just signed super young and I didn't have a clear sense of self and so I was just writing music and releasing it and for me, I was just excited to be releasing music, but after about a year or two of this label, I started to realize, oh, 
this is not what they're about. They don't want me to just be releasing music. Uh, they want me to be making them money and getting them hits. And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really know I was yet. And I was learning that and you need time. That stuff just takes time. There's this weird kind of misconception that, you know, people who suddenly become really successful are like overnight successes or whatever. And behind every story, there's years and years of, trying other stuff out, um, figuring out who you are as a person, who you are as an artist and, you know, your personal life always impacts your artistic or professional life. And so, you know, growth that's happening there affects what kind of music you're making and la la la. So yeah, when I say I was developing, I was just kind of growing really, <laughs> you know, doing what you do between the ages of 18 and 22, 23, you're just like, growing like a plant it's like yeah. um, you know and figuring stuff out and making mistakes and you know I wouldn't change those years at all because along the way I built this you know slowly but surely built this really dedicated fan base who are really supportive of what I do and some people you know have been there since the first release which was like almost five years ago now which is wild and you know they're still they've grown too they've matured and they're still following me along with my journey and it's really cool um but yeah i think because of those years of releasing music and making mistakes and figuring it out now i'm about to release music again with a, a new label who are independent and a much more kind of diy you know stronger sense of self um it's exciting i'm i'm really pumped about it I love this. I love learning after listening to all of your music or a lot of your music. I love learning this side of you because I mean, you are, you just have such a great head on your shoulders because I'm sure there's so much swirling around you as we're hearing about. And I love how you said, you know, you could have taken being dropped from this label as well, that's it. You know, it's time to go do something else, but you used it as an empower, empowerment tool to help drive you. And I think for anybody listening, you do not have to be a musical artist to take that advice and maybe something goes wrong in your work, your career. It doesn't mean that it's over. It, you could use that as motivation. I think that's a big, a big takeaway. So let, let's talk about Odd One Out, which is just seems like such an awesome personal uh, first album, first LP, which I learned the difference between LP and EP before we started <laughs> recording. Um, what was it like? I mean, what was it like putting out a full album and how did you feel upon its release? Yeah, Odd One Out was, was such a, a, a chapter in my life because those songs I'd been writing, all of these songs, not for an album, I'd just been writing songs for over a year about stuff that was happening. And, you know, it, it was like, like we were saying before the interview, we were talking about how I don't write diary entries, but songs are like my diary entries. And that album really came together as just loads of songs about really specific things that were happening in my life, whether it was to do with falling in love for the first time or having friendships go wrong, really seriously wrong for the first time or mental health being super, um, wobbly and loads of other stuff and then it kind of came together as oh these can all kind of become one and become an album and I'm so proud of that album also because I look back and that was the last release I did with the old label before I was dropped and 
so it, for a while I had this sort of bittersweet memory where it was like, oh, this album meant so much to me and I'm so proud of those songs and it really, really connected with a lot of people and fans. But at the same time, I didn't feel like, I felt like a, so much pressure at the time for that release to be massive and for, you know, and I felt kind of like a failure when it came out instead of feeling proud and like wow i just made an album that's dope you know <laughs> i felt like so much pressure from the label and i didn't feel good enough and so now i look back and i'm actually just really really happy that album came out and i'm excited to release new music and it kind of be part form part of that narrative because i think fans along the way because i'm super honest on social media about <laughs> everything that's going on in my Very life honest. Very, Very honest. honest. <laughs> I love that. I love that about you. That's the, my favorite part about you. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, fans know that I was dropped, and then I had this whole year figuring stuff out, and I haven't released music in a while, but it's been coming for ages. And now, you know, in a few weeks, I'll be releasing the first music in a long time, and um, you know, a lot of that music, the stories in this next project are all about the feelings of rejection and feeling not good enough and then picking myself back up again and starting afresh and all that stuff and I think it nicely kind of picks up where odd one out left off in a way it's like the next lot of diary entries that's great and I love how you said she I'm glad you brought that up again while we're recording that Gurley said she instead of writing in her diary that's her music and if you start listening to it you will see immediately <laughs> what she's talking about uh, so along the lines of that what do you want listeners to feel during your music and I understand and I have so much respect that you're writing music that is that is your style and what you want to write but I'm sure at the same time do you want fans to take the music a certain way? Is there something you want them to feel or do as a result of listening to some of your songs? I think I always want people to feel, to, I was going to say to feel empowered and that's true, but I think the most important thing for me is when you, know, when you hear a piece of music or a lyric or something someone said and it really relates to you and you feel like, oh wow, I felt that it makes you feel less alone. And so even if the song is sad or about something really depressing or, you know, if, if it kind of echoes what you've been feeling, then that is empowering in a way because it makes you feel like, okay, you know what, if this other person, you know, on the other side of the planet or, you know, who I've never met, but they've written something and I've connected with it, then then I, I feel less alone and I got this, I can do this, I can get through this. Or So, you know, most of the, I think a lot of my songs are actually about really quite, quite, not all of them, but a lot of them are about sad or, or angering or disappointing situations where, um, well, but actually the songs themselves end up being quite uplifting, which is kind of a weird paradox, but, you know, for me as a music listener when i listen to a song and think oh i know exactly what this feels like i've felt this before or i feel this now then it definitely makes me feel empowered so that's what i want my songs to do for people i love that and i love how you said i wrote it down less alone i think that's such a great takeaway um that you want even though you're talking about a tough situation if i'm listening to it and i'm going through a tough situation now i can relate that 
somebody that I follow is going through a tough time too. So I feel less alone. That, that's a great, I, I couldn't have said that any better. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you just said that because that's going <laughs> to a lot of people, I think. Um, so how do you, as, as you continue to increase in popularity and you obviously have the last few years, how do you stay humble? And hopefully as you continue to, to grow and grow and, and play to, bigger and bigger crowds once the world's back to normal. How do you keep that sense of humbleness about you? I think because the journey has been so up and down and there's, there's so much, so many times where you get rejected and people say no and people tell you you're not good enough or make you feel like you're not good enough or, you know, and so many times you feel like a failure or you want to give up. I think that's happened so much that at this point I'm just really grateful for any little thing. And I think that keeps me humble. I think also the way I was raised, my dad was a, a, you know, always taught me to, to treat people kindly. And he, he really inspired me because he didn't judge anyone, you know, he would speak to everyone like they were equal and he would never look down on anyone. And so that taught me to, to never think I'm better than anyone else, you know, because we're all, we're all equal. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're Beyonce or you're, you know, working, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if, if you're, a massive superstar or if you're you know in a in a bad situation in your life or whatever it you're still you both deserve respect and you both are as important as each other and i think i learned that as well just from you know having to tell myself like just because things aren't going well at the moment or you know in times where they weren't it doesn't mean that you're any less of a person and doesn't mean you're any less important um so yeah i think just don't treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Yeah, that's, you're right. And I think that um, not having judgment for yourself and others, that's a huge takeaway. And I'll be honest with you, Girlie, one of the reasons I was so excited to interview you and talk to you is because I feel like we have a lot of differences and I'm like, I used to like, I still like hip hop and I wasn't big into like the punk rock style, but that's why I was so excited because like you said, there's no judgment here. I'm excited to learn about you and get to know a different genre of music. And it's, uh, it's awesome. I'm having a blast over here. And I hope listeners are as well, because this is a really <laughs> fun interview. Okay, so let's get, into, yeah. let's get into some of the more fun stuff. And that is, what is your favorite part of being this recording artist? And is it is it writing songs? Is it by the way, your music videos are awesome, and I, <laughs> you got to watch any listener or viewer right now. Check out Girly on YouTube because there's so much fun and like you're right. There's some anger in there, but it's like there's also <laughs> some humor in there. I, I like your humor in the lyrics too. <laughs> so, what's your favorite part of, of being an artist? And maybe there's more than one, but what's your favorite things? Yeah, I think. I mean, the thing I love most about it is that no day is is the same. Um, And I love the fact that I can do so many different things. I mean, I love writing music and, and writing lyrics are a big thing for me because I, before I 
did music I loved writing short stories and poetry and stuff so I love writing I think for me the best part is touring um, and playing live which is why this year has been so heartbreaking because you know we can't play live shows at the moment and not in the way that you know you want to even if shows start up again I miss so much being able to crowd surf and be in a sweaty room <laughs> with people and you know like get really up close and personal and intimate to people and that's obviously not something we could do at the moment <laughs> at all um so that's been really heartbreaking because that is my favorite part touring and because you know i i connect with fans every day social media means it's right there in front of me but sometimes you forget every single username is a real person with a whole life who, and that your music has impacted them in some way and that's like so special like i'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now because when I'm at a show and I meet fans afterwards or I see them singing back the lyrics to me, it's, it's like no other feeling. It's, it's wild. And it, you know, that, that is the best part, I think. That's awesome. And I can't even imagine that feeling. And you're going to have that feeling girly when you come to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hell yeah. 21. She's coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to try to get there. <laughs> Stage A for those of you that know Pittsburgh. She's coming. We're definitely going to. Hell gonna. yeah. Uh, okay, so what's the, what's the toughest part on the flip side? Is there a difficult part that's like, oh God, I got to do this part of it? Definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's, it's the, the flip side is just, there is constant disappointment, which sounds really depressing, but it's true in any creative career or world you constantly have to prove to people that you're good enough and important and relevant. And you, you, you know, you get a lot of rejection all the time. Um, and it's hard work. And I think it's constantly having to remind yourself that you got this, this is good. Like you do this cause you love it. And you know, that's hard, but that's why, you know, that's why not everyone does jobs like this because to most people, it's not worth the, um, you know, the inconsistency, you know, and I get it. Like some days I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd really just love to do a job where everything is guaranteed and I know what's going to happen. But then I, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I can't, I can't um, do the same thing every day. And no disrespect to people who do. I just, it's not really within my nature. I would freak out. So, you know, for me, it's like, well, I guess it's the life of, of ups and downs and unpredictability. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem more like your style. And I think <laughs> if you had to sit in an office all day, you'd go insane, I'm sure. Yeah, I so, think so. You, you brought up such an important thing. And I, I wasn't even going to ask you this, but now I, now I will. So you said you have to tell yourself, I got this. And during difficult times, the self-talk is something that I love talking about as well. How, how important has that been for you to get through some, some tougher times? Oh yeah. So important. I think it's, um, the relationship with yourself is, is so key because a lot of the time it can be quite lonely as well. Um, you know, it can be hard to find people who are real in these industries, especially music. It can be hard to find people who, you know, don't have ulterior motives or, you know, 
to find people that actually have your best interests at heart is actually quite difficult. And so a lot of the time you kind of have to, it's, you know, me, myself and I, um, and I think the way you speak to yourself and the way you treating yourself kindly is so important. So important. Cause if the world isn't going to treat you nicely, <laughs> you have to treat yourself nicely. That's a good point. That's a very <laughs> good point. So you mentioned how much you love being on stage and that's your favorite part of uh, your, your job, your career. Have you always been confident on stage or was that something that you've had to learn over time? Because I do a lot of, I did a lot of motivational speaking on stage in front of a lot of people and it took me years to get comfortable with it. You seem like it didn't take you nearly as long, but are you, <laughs> were you comfortable, boom, from day one, first time on stage? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think as a kid, I loved performing. Um, and I loved getting up on stage and singing or being in the school play or whatever. Um, but when I started doing music, I definitely experienced nerves a lot. Like really bad pit in the stomach like oh my god I'm so nervous before shows but then when I was playing I'd really enjoy it so that took a while that took a few years to get out of now I mean now I haven't played a show in a long time because of corona but the most recent shows I've done I don't get the same nerves I get excited um I also have like a ritual before I go on stage I have to be alone before you know, I, I know some people can kind of the dressing room is like a party and they can just go on stage f from being in a room with full of people. I can't do that. I have to be alone before a show for at least like 40 minutes before because my brain gets like it has to be clear before I go on stage. Um, and then the show is like hectic, but pre-show has to be chill. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think just playing over and over and over again definitely you get you get used to it and you realize oh actually I got this and even if something goes wrong it's not that bad yeah I love that and it seems like you still do get that almost like excited feeling where your heart starts beating faster but now it's you see that as excitement and not like oh my god I'm gonna freak out and screw up so I, I love that it's like a reframe because you have experience now on stage that's that's really cool okay so for the listeners and viewers i asked girly about her vision before we started recording and she got this smirk on her face and so i'm really excited that she didn't answer yet so now i'm going to ask her as we're recording uh -huh. what's is there this there seems like there's a, a big vision for yourself that you have can you share a little bit with that yeah i think for me i really I mean, touring is my favorite thing ever. And I would really just love to be able to tour and travel the world playing music to loads of people for, you know, until my dying days, that would be awesome. Um, but I think vision, you know, in terms of vision, I want to have this kind of community of fans who are all kind of outcasts or feel different in some way or feel misunderstood in some way. And, you know can kind of find each other and feel like they're less alone through my music and through my fan base and I feel that at the shows for sure whenever I do shows I feel like wow this is such a 
a welcoming safe space for people to just express themselves and be who they want and feel listened to and feel cared about so i think i want that on a worldwide scale yes and yeah i think you're gonna have it on a worldwide scale <laughs> i hope you get to do exactly that and there i mean there are some i mean you could be an artist who who puts out a new album and then tours for a year right i mean is that how long some of the tours could be yeah for sure um for sure i mean like definitely bigger artists will put out albums and tour for like three years or something wild yeah. i mean that's like you know the taylor swifts of the world but um <laughs> but yeah i mean touring this is why it's so heartbreaking because it's like i'm about to put out music and i can't go on tour with it which is so annoying um so i really hope that you know coronavirus hurries up and goes away <laughs> i hope so too i mean for your sake and a lot of other people and yeah. Now, since you brought it up, I mean, let's let's talk about that for a second. So the world has changed momentarily for the last, you know, six months. How have you, and I think the word is pivoted, that is the buzzword here in the United States. How have you pivoted during this time to stay interacting with fans? And I'm sure you're writing new music. Can you give us a, a day in the life of Girly, maybe during this time, but then also once it ends, um, can you give us some insight on that? Yeah, I mean, when it was in real super strict lockdown here in, in the UK and in London, I was just focusing on live streaming and connecting with fans and um, doing shows and entertaining people because I love doing that and then also writing a lot of music. So I think at the moment now, a day in the life of me is I'm planning all of the visuals um, for the next project and I'm writing music every day and I'm trying to figure out ways I can connect with fans without being able to do, you know, tours and stuff like that. Um, hopefully, if things start to change in the next six months, hopefully I'll be able to go on tour again. We shall see. Um, but yeah, at the moment, a day in the life is, yeah, just making stuff filming stuff, live streaming, writing music. Yeah, I love that. And it seems like what you love to do as well is, is write the music. Now, when it comes to a music video, because like I said earlier, I, the, your videos are so unique and they're fun and they're energizing. What's, do you have somebody that helps you create that? Or, or like the one video where you're basically, you know, you're walking down one of the streets, I'm assuming in a suburb of London. Are, are those your ideas that come from the music and then you have the vision to put it on the camera? Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all, all my music videos um, come, from, come from an initial concept from me. I think one of the things I'm most excited about the next era of Girly is that I have so much more creative control and direction than I've ever had before. So excitingly, actually two days ago, I shot the first music video for the new project. Um, um, no, that that's exciting. Yeah. So that's for the first single that's coming out in October. And that was co-directed, creatively directed by me um i pretty much you know i i have support from my current label um who helped helped me with it but mostly i put the thing together with my friend who was co-directing and found 
you know, the concept was mine. We storyboarded it together. We shot it together. Um, I styled it myself. I, you know, hair and makeup was all kind of, I got friends and involved and we brainstormed together and it's just so different from, I'm really proud of my past music videos that have come out and you know, a lot of them, yeah, they all came from me, but now it's like, wow, I feel so much more involved, um, you know, in the next kind of next chapter. And, you know, because for me, yeah, when I write a song, I'm a very visual person. I always have a music video concept. I always do. And um, yeah, I love, why, why not make an awesome video that's going to interest people and, and be weird and different? I don't really understand boring music videos. <laughs> <laughs> I really, You're I right. really don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can I ask you, and maybe we'll try to put this, this podcast out right in conjunction with the new music coming out. Can I ask you how the new music and new album will differ from your first LP? And can we know a little bit of behind the scenes of what this single or, or what the album is going to be all about? Yeah. The, the, so the first, the single will be part of an EP um, and I'll be releasing songs up until the end of the year. And then the EP will come early next year. And it's all about heartbreak and, but mostly it's about things ending and new things beginning, really. It's about kind of feeling like everything around you is falling apart and then you kind of have to pick yourself up again. Um, the first single is about uh, all the people I kind of left behind last year, all the people who didn't believe in me, all the people who didn't care, all the people who made me feel less and how I kind of had to just sweep them off and be like, all right, well, whatever, moving on. <laughs> um, and the visuals are all also about that, the idea of how heartbreak or relationships or friendships ending can kind of actually be new beginnings in a way. Um, and, you know, one door closes, another door opens, or the window opens, or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, the, those songs also, they're, they're a lot more, I don't know, I don't know if they're a lot more aggressive. They're a lot more, they pack a bit more of a punch than Odd One Out, and they're a bit more, um, I think my voice has matured, and the way I say things has gotten a little bit, clearer and i don't know yeah they're, they're they're big they're big punchy punky uh pop songs really i love it and if this one packs more of a punch than the first one i can't even imagine the punch this thing is going to bring <laughs> oh a, step a big a big punch <laughs> it's going to be a huge punch and probably a kick as well yeah i love how you said i mean i know it's i'm sure it's difficult but the quote that I often reference is you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And it sounds <laughs> like you, you did exactly that. There were some people in your circle of friends and you had to say bye to them because you're growing. And I think I'm sure that was tough, but necessary. So kudos to you for, for doing that. And I can't wait. Is there anything else you want to, before we get into the final five questions, is there anything else you want to make sure we talk about or you want to bring up anything else with the the new music because we're all ears yeah um yeah i mean i think 
it's it's just the new the new era of girly it's like about to start and i'm excited and um it's very very much independent empowering vibes yes i love that <laughs> independent empowering vibes that seems like who you are and i and i also love that you you mentioned you're not the same person at 22 that you were when you were 17 and i think I'm assuming at 27, you'll be a different person than you are right now. So that's cool that mm -hmm. you have this constant growth going on and you don't want to just try to be the same for the next 40 years, which I'm sure <laughs> if you said that would be boring. You don't want to put out boring stuff. Uh, I think I'm a different person every two weeks, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'll have to bring you on in another two weeks and we'll yeah. see where you are then. We'll update. <laughs> so, girly, before I give you these five uh final five questions can you and i referenced the youtube going on there and checking her out because it's the music is amazing where can people connect with you best and uh you want to just give a shout out to social media or website or all of that yeah so on on all of the social medias like instagram twitter tiktok um i'm girly at girly music so g-i-r-l-i -I music uh youtube girly uh, what else? I have a Patreon, which people can check out, um, which is just patreon.com slash girly. And yeah, you'll, you'll find all, all the links everywhere. Just yeah. type in girly into Google as well. That'll come up. Girly, G-I-R-L-I. -I, and we'll put all that in the show notes as well. You know what? I'll ask you this before we do the final five. What's your, and I know this is probably such a tough question. I'm <laughs> going to ask it anyways. What's your favorite song that you've created oh wow um probably one of the ones off the new project that hasn't come out yet honestly mm. um i think yeah there's there's some some big big tracks coming out that i'm really proud of and that feel the most authentically me but in terms of songs that are already out um i i'll always say I think that Friday Night Big Screen is my favorite song that I've ever kind of written because that's on the Odd One Out album and it's really different to everything else. It's, it's very, um, um, I don't know, lyrically I really like it and I think it's also so different because it's like a ballad and I always said I'd never write a ballad and then I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I, I do love, I'm glad that you picked that one because you do seem like you have so many different genres of music sometimes. Sometimes you do sound like a hip hop artist with how quick you come with the, the lyrics and then other times more punk. It's just awesome. It's just a wide variety. And I think that's why I loved it. And I'm sure everybody listening will get a kick out of it as well because it's some fun music uh, for sure. All right, are you ready for the final five? I'm ready. All right, here we go. How do you want to be remembered? as a badass who was open and vulnerable and true to herself. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> badass. I love saying the word badass. That's just fun mm -hmm. to say. But, I, but I, here's what I love about that answer. I've never heard an answer like that. You can be a badass while also being vulnerable. That's a big takeaway. Exactly. Mm, I like that a lot. What, what are you most thankful for? I am most thankful for 
um, my friends and my family. Um, it's taken me a while to figure out who my actual friends were, but <laughs> I think there are a couple. And actually, this is a big thing um, that maybe my mom has said to me, um, or one of the elders in my life, <laughs> someone in my family <laughs> said to me, that actually sometimes, you know, if you can if you can count the number of friends you have on your hands, then you're a rich woman. And um, I like the idea of, you know, you don't need a lot of friends. You just need a couple that are really good and really got your back. And so I'm really grateful for the friends who have, I've known since I was a teenager who have stuck with me and, and been put up with my silliness. <laughs> <laughs> your silliness is part of what makes you, you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love how Gurley says, like way back when I was a teenager, which was three years ago. <laughs> that's, that's great. I was a teenager 20 years ago. Uh, all right. This is, I'm excited to ask you this. And I have a feeling I know how you may answer, but what is your, if somebody sees you on stage or, or maybe at a wedding reception or something, what is your best dance move? Oh, wow. I'm so bad at dancing. It's so embarrassing. Um, you, you dance in some of the music videos and it's pretty good. I can do choreo. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what's my best dance move? Probably like, I don't know, like a, like a good <laughs> kind of wiggle, like the peace sign across or, yeah. or like, a, or just a good drop to the floor. Just a, just an old fashioned, you know, drop it down, drop it low, pick it up. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. Or, or crowd surfing. That Maybe that counts as a dance. I don't know. Oh, if that counts as a dance move, definitely crowd surfing is my go-to. Yeah. I love that. I love that you do that. Uh, what's the biggest obstacle you have overcome? Um, feeling like I was a failure. I had to really overcome feelings of, of that and realize that I'm the only one who decides whether I'm a success or a failure. Um, oh, that's that good. That's solid right there. I like that. For anybody uh, listening or watching, that's, that's a great takeaway. Okay, last one. Who is your hero? Oh, wow. Yeah, that oh, one wow. seems like of all the questions I ask, and I think about that one a lot myself. That's a that's not an easy question, right there. No, because there are so so many people. Um, well, that's good. You're 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 lucky. That's awesome. A lot of heroes. I I think if I'm going with someone, mm, if by I'm the way, with... <laughs> they could be alive, dead. They could, it could be anybody. Anybody you you want to mention? Yeah. You know, I think if I'm going with someone in my life. Um, probably my grandma because she was kind of a badass. I mean, she, she's uh, had her ups and downs. She raised five kids, which is wild. And um, she like did a bunch of cool stuff, like decided after being a housewife and looking after the kids for decades that when she was 40, she just wanted to go to university and study about like so she's Australian and she wanted to learn more about Aboriginal people in Australia because she felt that was her duty as a white Australian woman to know more about the cultures you know the cultures of that country and I just love that that she just said you know what I'm gonna go learn about stuff that I should know and 
she's just a badass, an absolute badass. And she was, from what I've heard from my other family members and from her, she was definitely a rebel <laughs> um, back in the 30s, 40s when she was a kid, teenager. So yeah, she's my hero. Oh, that's a great, that's a great, great answer. I'm sure she is a badass because I mean, you're a chip off the old block right there. So I'm sure you're making her proud. Uh, girly music, G-I-R-L-I music across all platforms. Check her out. It is awesome music and it'll get you, it'll get you energized. That's for sure. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for just being uh, so open this entire interview. This has been awesome. And I'm sure a lot of people learned a lot from it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. My first international guest, and we can't wait for her to rock Pittsburgh. It's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, I am watching you. <laughs> Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker at Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks, and I love you so much. Oh, 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 oh,